So with the kids being here with us today, I'm going to actually ask them if they would like to, to go ahead and come up and join me on stage for the first part of the message. So kids, if you would like to join me, go ahead and come on up. All right, we're going to have you guys sit. You see this tape line? I'm going to have you guys sit along this tape line, okay? Go ahead and have a seat, and you can face me. You don't have to stare at the, all the grown-ups, because I know sometimes that can be scary. All right, for all of you guys that are up here, this is just like what we do in daycare, right? So don't worry, okay? All right. Oh, hang on, i got to put the tape on. Hang on. Did I mess up? Oh, there we go. All right. So you guys are about to see a picture pop up on the screen. Okay. Do you guys, do any of you guys know what this is? What is it? It is a beach. It's something specific though. Piper, do you think you know? It is from a searching book. Can you guys tell me? Amelia, do you know? Where's Waldo? That's right. I think I accidentally put another click in there. So go ahead, Tom. Yep. Where's Waldo? Okay. Raise your hand if you guys have all seen these before. We have, right? (laughs) You want to go back to mom? You can go back to mom. That's fine. Okay. So we have up here Waldo, right? And... Somewhere hidden in that picture is a little tiny man. Go ahead. Waldo, right? Now, I know right now you guys are probably all wondering where is Waldo, right? Are you guys wanting to know where is Waldo? Yeah. Well, not the big guy on the the side. That doesn't count. We can all see that big guy, right? Go ahead and go to the next one. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys a minute because I know grown-ups just as much as me spent a long time trying to find Waldo. So I'm going to give you guys a minute to see if you can find Waldo. Okay, hold on. Don't point him out. I'll give you guys a chance to see if you can tell me where Waldo is in just a minute. Okay, so what you guys, you guys know this, which makes me really cool. I grew up on these books, and I'm sure your parents grew up on these books, right? These books are so popular. Have you seen grown-ups wearing Waldo at Halloween? Your mom did, right? And so, so we like, I remember that actually, right? So, so we grew up with Waldo. And what's the whole purpose of Waldo? Uh, you don't know. The whole point of these Where Waldo books is to see if you can find the little, go, little guy Waldo, right? Did you know that this is such a popular thing that they've created a game out of it? Did you guys know that? Yeah, so in big cities, there is this Waldo game where somebody will dress up like Waldo, people will show up, and then from there, they go out throughout the city, and they try to see if they can spot Waldo, okay? So do you think that we like searching for Waldo? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I have a couple kids who claim to have already found Waldo on the screen. So before I show you where Waldo is, does somebody want to give me a guess? Sophia? Can see the shape of the hat and then 
Okay. Did you guys all have the same conclusion? Okay, so you think Waldo's inside of the red striped thing? No, the blue Oh, behind the blue striped thing? Oh, okay. You think Waldo's probably swimming in the water? Yeah. All right. Did any of you guys find Waldo? Yeah. Okay, Tom, go ahead. There he is. You guys guessed it. Good job. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, this is the part where I tell you guys the story, right? So now that you guys have all found Waldo, I'm going to tell you guys a story, okay? But this picture, this, before I tell you the story, this picture is up there for a reason. Because this picture reminds me a lot of what thing is, things are like today. Do you guys feel like sometimes you're searching for an answer and you just can't find the answer? Yeah, right? And sometimes those answers are really hard to find. There's a secret to finding the answer. Do you guys want to know what the secret is? It's Jesus. Right? When you don't know the answer, the answer is Jesus. Okay? So today's story, it comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. And it's right after Jesus was already in the synagogue. He just got done preaching. Okay? And so now, hey, Caden, can you either stay with mommy or stay on the line next to Charlie? Okay, thank you. All right. So, Jesus, he went to his friend Peter and Andrew's house. And while he was at Peter and Andrew's house, Peter said, Jesus, my mother-in-law, she's sick. Please, come and see her. So Jesus went over. He grabbed her hand, helped her up, and immediately the fever went away. And then the sun went down, and people from all over Capernaum, they were coming out, and they wanted Jesus to heal their sick ones and to remove the, the demons or the, the evil that was living inside of their friends and family. And right after, or then they went to bed, and Jesus woke up early the next day, and he went by himself to go and pray. While he was praying, Peter and his friends showed up, and they said, Jesus, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus responds not with getting up and going to them. He says, instead, let's go on to the next village because there are people for me to preach to and heal. So they went on and they told people all throughout Galilee about Jesus or about, well, about God. And they went on to heal. Yes, Sophia or Brooklyn. Jesus, yeah, we just learned that this week, right? And his mom and dad, they were looking for for him, right? Okay, so now you guys are going to have the opportunity with those around you, and you guys are going to get to talk to each other. And I want you guys to try to tell each other as much of the story as you can remember. Grown-ups, you guys can talk to each other, too. Charlie, can you tell me what you remember? What do you remember from the story? That's okay. Do you remember anything from the story? No, that's okay.
So in case you're wondering, this is part of what I do with the kids during um, their Monday through Friday uh, Bible lessons. So all of these guys are part of this weekly. All right, so now comes the fun part of the story. I am going to retell the story. I'm going to tell the story wrong. It's okay, you can tell it, retell it later. And you get a part of this one too. It's like, it's a binocular, so you see the big black circles? You put your eyeballs up to that and you can see the whole city in microscope, so it looks really, really close to you. Okay. So I'm going to tell the story wrong, and you get to say, no, that includes you guys too. If I say it wrong, you say no. If I hear you say no, you get the opportunity to correct me. All right? Okay, so one day, Jesus... The right, you get to tell me what the right answer is, or the right thing. All right, so one day, Jesus had just left school, and he was headed to... No? Where did Jesus leave? No. 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 Close. What? No. All right, I heard somebody over here say it. The synagogue, which is their version of a church, right? So he left the synagogue and he went to Peter and Andrew's house. And as soon as he got there, Peter said, Jesus, let's go play video games. Video games didn't exist back then. Then what did he say? He said, Jesus, let's go preach. No. Well, not really, Brooke. No. My mother-in-law is ill, and Jesus, he went up to his to Peter's mother-in-law. He took her hand and he laughed. No. What did he do, Evie? He helped her up, and then he healed her from her what? No, no. From her illness, from her fever. That night after the sun went down, they all went to sleep and nothing else happened. No. No. What happened? (laughs) 
Yeah, so Jesus from all, or people came from all over Capernaum to come to Jesus to have their sick and their evil, like their people that had evil in them, healed, right? And so then they went to bed, and the next morning, it was like lunchtime when Jesus woke up. No, when did Jesus get up? Do you remember? Hold on to that. Okay, so Brooklyn said 6 o'clock, and Finn said 5 o'clock, and they're pretty dead on because for most of you, 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. is a really early time to get up, right? So Jesus got up early, and he went, and he prayed. And while he was praying, his friends, Brooklyn and Sophia, came up to him. No, do you remember the friends that came up? Peter and his friends, that's what the Bible says, is Peter and his friends, they showed up and they said, Jesus, everybody is looking for you. And Jesus says, okay, let's go. No, No, what did Jesus say instead? Evie? Do you remember? No? Adiana? But yes, I'm going to go preach. But did he, was he going to stay in Capernaum? Uh, no. No? Do you remember? He was going to go to the next city. Yeah, he was going to go to other villages to tell them about Jesus and to what? Yeah, to tell them about God and Charlie? Yeah, some of those things did happen to Jesus later on, right? And to heal people, right? And so Jesus and his friends went throughout the rest of Galilee to heal people and to preach the gospel. You guys, that was, I think, like, up there on the best. I've heard you guys do this story response. Now you guys are going to go ahead and go back and sit down with your parents, okay? All right, so as they are getting ready to sit down, I have a question for you guys to talk with each other about. Um, I'm going to give you a couple minutes to talk about who you would want to be in the story and why, and who you would not want to be in the story and why. If you are not comfortable with answering the questions, um, on the back of your bulletin, there's a blank space that you can write in if you choose to write instead of to talk to those around you. If you're online, you guys can feel free to go ahead and leave your responses in the comments section of of the Facebook thread. Um, So discuss with one another who you would want to be in the story and why and who you would not want to be and why.
we've got about 10 more seconds and then I'll move forward. <clears throat> So the characters in this story are only one part of the setting. To really understand the fullness of this, to understand why it is that um, the people from all over Capernaum showed up, is first to understand how in the world they knew that Jesus could heal the demon-possessed and heal those that are sick. We learned about that actually last week when Jesus was in the synagogue and he was preaching there and he healed a demon-possessed man. And there and then Jesus spoke with such an authority that people knew that he was the son of God. And when, when somebody speaks with that kind of power, what do we do? We go and we tell right? So, so people, as Jesus is going to Peter's house, people are going out and telling other people about what Jesus had done. Enough so that by the time Jesus got to Peter's house, Peter said, Jesus, come. My mother, she's, my mother-in-law, she's ill. She's sick. We learned that in the text. It's a really easy setting today. You're going to hear the story kind of a second time, right? And, and so we know that Peter is seeking healing for his mother-in-law. And then the sun goes down and people bring out their ill and their, their demon-possessed back to Jesus to be healed. We, we know that now with these kind of clues that are in there that this happens on a Sabbath or on a Sunday, on the day of rest, because um, you're not supposed to do healing on the day of rest. So people wait until the sun goes down to bring their sick, sick ones to Jesus. They are seeking somebody to provide answers, right? Um, then we see then the next morning, Jesus gets up early to go and to pray. And while he is praying, people are seeking him. And they're like, hey, Peter, friends, where's Jesus? And so Peter and his friends, they have an idea of where to find Jesus. So they go and find him. But Jesus knows he has more to do than just going back and doing the exact same thing he just did with the exact same people. He knew he needed to move forward and go into the other towns all throughout Galilee and give them the same message. He was going to those that didn't have a clue that they were seeking him. Maybe they had already heard, but I, I doubt that they had. Right. So the next question I want you guys to discuss. Again, this is something my, these kids up here are familiar with because this is what we do to teach them Bible lessons throughout the week. So what did you like about this story and what did you not like about this story? Go, feel free to discuss or to, to write it in your notes. And if you're joining us online, again, please feel free to leave your notes in the comment section.
So we see a few problems taking place in this text. Um, And by problems, I mean things that just kind of don't seem like life is is right. Um, Some of you will probably understand and identify with these problems that we see. The first problem we see is that Peter's mother-in-law is sick, and he wants healing for her. Um, So he is seeking healing for his mother-in-law. The people all throughout Capernaum, and maybe it wasn't all throughout Capernaum because Capernaum was a big town, right? But metaphorically, people all throughout Capernaum heard that Jesus could do something. So what did they do? They started seeking answers for the problems of their loved ones being sick or of their loved ones having evil that they were, that was living within them. They were seeking answers. Peter and his friends' problem is that they were getting bombarded by people throughout the town saying, hey, where's your Jesus friend? We want him. And, well, so they they had a problem because people wouldn't leave him alone, right? And, And so they were seeking somebody else to answer their questions for them. Um, the, the problem with the other villages that we see is that they may not know yet that they're even looking for Jesus. They may not know that Jesus exists. And so, so Jesus goes seeking them. Um, but we don't just see the beginning of the world's problems here in this text. We see the world's problems begin all the way back at the beginning of time with Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam and Eve in the garden were given this idea of free choice. They were given this ability to choose what they wanted to do. And so they started to like the idea of having the control of knowing what's going to happen, taking the control of of their life from God and, and planting it back in their own head. So they were seeking the answers to who can be in charge of my life. Um, And then we see, fast forward to the Exodus. The Israelites' first problem is is now that they're slaves to the world around them, right? They're literally held as slaves in Egypt. And their problem is that they want freedom, but they can't get it on their own. Then later, once they are freed, we see that they're lonely and they're lost wandering throughout the wilderness, Right, and, and so they start to seek for themselves a guide. Right, that's how we see a king come up. They start to seek for themselves rules. They start to seek for themselves a god, which is how we see idols like the golden calf surface. You see, they are seeking leadership. They're seeking guidance, but they're not knowing, or maybe they do know, but they're not willing to go to the ultimate source for that. So they are seeking all of these other things to give them what they want, to give them the answers that they want. You see, the main problem of all of these stories is that there is a hole or there is a missing piece of the puzzle and they are all trying to fill that missing piece of the puzzle with anything and everything but God. But as we all know, when you start to seek anything and everything but God, it just makes the hole bigger, makes the desire deeper. So I'm going to have you guys discuss with each other today. 
what are some things that we're facing that leave people feeling like they need answers to their problems? What are the causes of some of the problems that we see today? Much like Adam and Eve, we are left with moments of, of loneliness, or we are, we are left with moments in our lives that are, are empty, and there's holes to be filled. Much like Adam and Eve, we are seeking somebody to be in control. We are seeking someone to tell us what to do, where to go, and often that turns into, I'm in charge of myself. And, and so you seek the answers for yourself to make yourself whoever it is that you want to be, Right? And much like the Israelites, we can find ourselves enslaved to sin, um, enslaved to maybe our own thoughts, whatever it is that we're thinking, we become slaves to it. We might find ourselves slaves to other people, where whether literally other sla- like slaves to people, or slaves to what somebody else might think of me. We, once, we also can be like the Israelites in that we go through life seeking a leader. We go through life seeking guidance, seeking rules. We go through life seeking somebody to be in charge of our lives. And instead, we end up making our own rules. Instead, we end up following somebody else in the crowd. We end up following um, or making other things our gods. We're seeking to fill that hole in our hearts that we just don't know how to fill. So we take the world and we try to shove the world in there and the world just doesn't fit. And so the hole grows and changes and it just never seems that whatever we try to put in our hearts can fill that hole. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have heard the song Reckless Love. It's a, it's a really pretty song. I love it. Um, and so I came across a YouTube video that's titled Non-Christian Reacts to Video of Reckless Love. And this, this guy, he grew up in the church, but he walked away from it because there was just such an emptiness left in him. Halfway through the video, he actually says, Pastor Chris, this is what I emailed you about earlier, and I'm getting the answers that you have no idea I already asked you. And you see him breaking down and crying. What you don't, or what we don't see is that he has such a huge hole and a huge emptiness within him. And I think many of us understand that hole. We understand that emptiness, that sense of longing for God to fill us, that sense of longing for something to fill us. Um, I know I did. I remember laying in, in my bed in college one night, completely depressed and feeling like I had nothing else to do and crying out to God saying, God, I need you in this moment. 
I remember those broken, that broken night very, very well. So the next question. Oh, and, and I was finding other things, whether it was friends, Facebook, um, my own thoughts. I allowed those things to take over and to take control because I was trying to fill myself with those. So I'm going to ask you guys now to discuss what are some things that we might use to try to fill the holes or try to make us feel happier or, or better. Um, I'm talking about the, the world, not specifically the Christians, but like as a whole, what are some things we use to fill the emptiness or the brokenness? The Bible is filled with stories. Stories of people seeking God. And when they seek God, they show, or God shows up. See, Adam and Eve sought to be in charge of their own world. They sought to seek control of their own life. That control landed all of us with sin, right? And, and in, their, in their shame... They had nothing else to do but to seek God. That, that's kind of, I think that when they were hiding behind the bushes and God showed up, I think they were trying to figure out how to make things right with God, right? And so God shows up and they let God have control back and God gives him or takes back not only the control of their life, but gives them an unending love that says, yeah, you messed up, but I love you. And let me take care of you. Let me take control. Let me take the parts of you that you cannot take on your own and carry those for you. The Israelites wanted to be free from slavery and they couldn't do it on their own. No matter how hard they tried, they would end up beaten, right? If they tried to escape, they would end up beaten up. So when they cried out to God, God sent Moses. God showed up and freed the Israelites, and then they're wandering through the desert, right? And they're lonely, and they are lost, and they are seeking guidance. We see that because they want a king, right? And, and, and they're seeking somebody to follow after. They're seeking a God, and so they create a golden calf. They're seeking rules and, and living, trying to live rules on their own, right? But those are never good enough. Whatever they do is never good enough. So instead... They have to eventually start seeking after God again. Might have taken a big moment, like Moses getting mad and throwing the Ten Commandments on the ground, right? But in their hearts, they were seeking God to be their God, to be their guide, to lead them when they are lost, to worship when they are broken, to worship when things go well. God shows up. It's important to note that when God shows up, with, with all of the rules to follow that, all of those rules lead to mercy, to love, and to justice. And in reality, that's what the Israelites were seeking with each other. And then now we fast forward back to today's 
story where Peter and Andrew were seeking healing for their mother-in-law. So when they were seeking healing, Jesus showed up. They asked for healing, and Jesus showed up and healed her. That evening, the people were seeking Jesus. They were, they were seeking the last chance that they thought they had for healing for their sick and for healing for those that had evil living within them. They were seeking that. And they knew that their last hope was Jesus. And so when they search out Jesus, Jesus shows up and he heals them and he frees them from the evil that's living inside of them. The next day when Jesus is out praying, his friends are seeking him because they cannot handle the, hey, where's Jesus anymore? So they seek after Jesus. But Jesus does something a little different here. Instead of returning back and and providing them more healing like they are wanting, he knows that he can't linger there. Because if he lingers there, then everyone else that doesn't know they're seeking Jesus, they're left behind. And he, he cannot reach those if he stays here. And so what does he do? He says, no, we can't stay here. Let's go out and let's tell people about God. Let's go out and let's preach. Let's go out and let's heal from here. The people were searching for Jesus. I think we do a lot of searching for Jesus. Um, I'm actually going to kind of cut out this next discussion question for the sake of time. Um, But something for you guys to just kind of roll with today. uh, Keep in the back of your head. Think about some Bible stories where you see Jesus seeking God and God showing up. Um, Like those throughout the Bible... And throughout history, we are seeking to fill an emptiness inside of us. For, for some of us, um, sorry, that's not what I, we're, we're seeking for our sins to be given, um, for someone to be in charge of our lives, for someone to guide us. We get tra- caught trying to fill up the emptiness, to fill in the puzzle piece on our own, but we cannot do it on our own. You'll see up on the screen, everyone eventually seeks God, and when they seek God, God shows up. When we seek to make ourselves in charge of our own lives, we're seeking something, or rather someone, to worship. And when we start that search and really get down to the root of it, when we seek um, someone to worship, God shows up and shows us his awesome power and, and, and his awesome love. When we desire to seek freedom from what, our, what controls us, whether we control ourselves or somebody else, an outside factor controls us, God shows up to free us. When we seek guidance, when we're lost and wandering in sin and shame and in loneliness, God shows up to guide us and to comfort us. When we are seeking healing from sick, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, brokenheartedness, we could list so many other, other forms of sickness in the world around us. But when we seek God for healing, God shows up And he heals us. When we are seeking to get rid of the sin and the evil desires that take place in us, when we seek God, guess what? God shows up 
and God heals us. The YouTuber wasn't expecting God to show up and find him comfort. He very much says that. He says, I, wasn't, I, I was not looking for the answers. You, you haven't even read the email yet. I was not looking for the answers from God, but right here, I am getting the answers that I was looking for. See, Jesus showed up in that song and brought him the comfort and the love that he needed in that moment. When I was laying in my bed in college, feeling lost and broken and hopeless, God showed up. God said, you don't need all of that stuff. Rest in me. Rest with me. And he brought me that comfort from the brokenness that I was feeling. So whether we know it or not, everyone is seeking Jesus. They're seeking Jesus to fill that emptiness inside of them, to put that puzzle piece in. Whether they know it or not, I don't think that YouTuber realized that he was seeking Jesus. Right? So whether we know it or not, we are seeking Jesus to fill in the emptiness within us. You see, the world cannot offer us anything that God can offer us. The world cannot offer us whatever it is we're putting into that hole. Only God can give that to us. And what pe- many people do not realize is that God has been, or has been planted, sorry, God has planted a desire in your hearts, a desire so deep that no matter what you're going through, you will seek him. So who is seeking Jesus? That's the question that we're wrestling this week in seeing God, seeing Jesus. Who is seeking Jesus? Everyone. And whether we know it or not, when we seek Jesus, seek God, he shows up and gives us exactly what we need. As the worship team comes up, I want you guys to think about these things. So this is a reflection question. What in your life, what, what's the hole in your life that you are seeking to fill? And are you seeking Jesus or the world to fill it?